0: Hello, everyone. This is Julian Mousseli speaking. I'm the host of the recently launched Pharma Leaders podcast. And now you might already ask, oh, that's another boring podcast, but this one is very different. Believe me. And you know why? Because we are going straight to the point. 15 minutes episode and seven questions to deep dive on our industry experts area of expertise. I have been working within the pharma industry for the past seven years, And I'm now leveraging my network and connections to share insights to the whole community and hopefully accelerate innovation. So you will hear from senior decision makers, VPs, and C-levels from leasing organizations. And for the first episode, I'm very keen to interview El Meneux, ex-VP Commercial Strategy and Excellence for AstraZeneca in China and ex-General Manager for AstraZeneca in Hong Kong and Macau. Gwenaëlle, please, can you share a few words about yourself? What's your background, career path, area of expertise also? And interestingly, how did you land into the pharma industry? Hello, my
1: name is Gwenaëlle Meneux. I work in the pharma industry for 40 years, and I would describe myself as an innovation enthusiast and a business performance booster. After being graduated from business school, I started my career in the cosmetic sector with L'Oreal, where I work in different marketing and sales function in France, global, and in Latin America. Then I work in strategic consulting with the Boston Consulting Group during three years, and in 2009, I joined AstraZeneca in France to lead their Salesforce and then customer excellence departments. Then I moved to China in 2016, first in Shanghai, and then in Hong Kong, where I led the local affiliate as a general manager. There are plenty of reasons why I joined the pharma sector, but one is certainly the legacy of my father and grandfather who were
0: physicians and pharmacist. Thank you very much for sharing Gwenaëlle, that's an impressive uh, background. What's of high interest for me now, and the topic I'd like to deep dive on, is that you worked across the globe and spent the last six years in Asia between China and Hong Kong. In few words perhaps, what are the main differences between China and Europe or the US when it comes to the pharma life science uh, industry? Actually, there are plenty of differences between the so-called
1: West and East, and as many as individual experience. But on my side, I was impressed by two factors. First of all, the pace of change. And this is a very visual feeling when you live there. When you see, for example, large neighborhood dramatically changing in few months. When it comes down to Pharma, I live from the east side drastic change of the landscape in only three to four years. For example, the massive reform of the regulatory framework to expedite approval of innovative assets and even being able to see launch of innovative molecule in China before the U.S. On the other side, the implementation of reform like volume-based purchase that constrained pharma companies to significant price cuts their molecule to keep their hospital listing. The second factor is scale. Of course, this is very linked to the China geography, but not only, this is also mindset. If you don't think big, you are not in the game. In Europe, we love pilot, proof of concept. In China, usually they start at scale and adapt their model as they go. It's also a way to keep a first-mover advantage in a
0: market where IP protection is still low. All right, thank you very much for sharing. Your perspective is very interesting. What are the main trends you identify within our industry? Maybe something entrepreneurs should focus on. There are many trends and many challenges ahead of pharma industry.
1: The first of it, which is positive, is the overall global growing demand that will be sustained in the next decades. So, secured supply, cost and speed of R&D, pricing, go-to-market strategy, are and will be key industry stake now and in the future. If I focus now on my commercial area of expertise, I will highlight two key structuring trends. The first one is about targeting, and customization to effectively reach smaller but more diverse audience. Most of the leading pharma companies are now focusing their R&D effort on specialty care products, such as targeted therapies in oncology, acute and rare disease treatment. The key challenge is then to target the right healthcare professional audience sometimes only a few dozen by market, but also address effectively and with compliance, the other stakeholders in the ecosystem, public and private payers, patient groups, scientific association. The second trend I see is really to leverage the full power of digital in pharma. Of course, Digital already play a critical improvement role in pharma R&D and manufacturing by shortening preclinical phase time, optimizing supply and demand plan. But we have to be fair. Digital has not been used as efficiently as it should in pharma so far. One of the key traps in which most of the companies have failed was to apply the same product centered rules than in the past pushing drug claims to HEPs or to patients where it's allowed. Digital gives more power to end users, such as doctors, patients, who want to have an unbiased holistic view of disease, diagnostic and treatment pathway. So Pharma can help building the platform, but should not be only speaker if they want to address well end user needs. That's why I strongly believe in the role of pharma as a digital accelerator through incubator or VC with already some great example I had the chance to experience like the Innovation of Things Innovation Center of AstraZeneca in China, and like an incubator Future for Care in France with a key
0: partner like Sanofi. All right. And on another topic, you also managed and led teams of more than 100 people. One key question that people have here is how do you attract, retain and drive your talents to success? Give us something. Give us your secret recipe. I
1: have to confess, I have uh, no magic recipe. And to be fair, I've never been a great fan of management book and guidelines. So my first advice would be to observe, listen, and follow your gut feeling. Most of the time, uh, your first idea would be the right one. Another advice is of course, to be honest and align uh, with the type of leader you are. Be transparent with your team on what you know, what you don't know, what you can say and what you can't. I always value leaders who can talk about their failure and to build on it. Another advice, especially when you manage large team, is to build trust. Because for me, this is the cornerstone of delegation. Leaders have to do the first step by creating this trustful platform. And the last advice is, of course, to show interest to people. And this is even more critical when you have large cultural or language gap. When you show interest to their work, to their culture, and even to their food, you enable to create a higher connection with your team. That's what I did during my experience in China, before COVID of course, by traveling around to meet colleagues and
0: external stakeholders. That's very insightful. Thank you very much for sharing, especially I guess in a multicultural uh, context. On another note, can you share a recent achievement you are proud about? Maybe the
1: achievement I pick would surprise people, as AstraZeneca COVID vaccine had mixed success in EU and in US. But I'm particularly proud of being part of the fight against this pandemic at my level, by procuring a safe and effective vaccine to the local government. It was not an easy journey, but certainly one of the most rewarding for me
0: as part of a global public health effort. And you can definitely be proud of it. That's just game-changing what the industry has achieved within limited timelines during the pandemic. Perhaps the last positive vibes you want to share with uh, people listening may be an advice for entrepreneurs targeting pharma to avoid some mistake while uh, growing their company? From what I saw, in the last 10 years, the rise of tech
1: has been the major change factor in the healthcare environment. Biotech already existed before, but health tech, med tech really pushed traditional pharma to have a more open and patient-centered approach. So if I have an advice to share to the healthcare entrepreneur community, it would be to keep shaking up the pharma world by proposing solutions with measured value to patients and to society. And if this happens, business will certainly follow.